Thanks for joining us for Season 6 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, we got an amazing, amazing show. Can't believe it's season six. We got an amazing show. But before we get into it, Jimmy, there was something that I had to talk to you about because it's been bothering me. Someone said they love the marketplace. They love the branded marketplace. And, you know, that's the e-commerce platform that we launched, which is connecting operators with best-in-class tech, right? You know the marketplace, Jimmy, right? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. A little, okay. bit, little bit. So what somebody said was they thought that the branded marketplace.com, the name was too long. They said the name was too long, Jimmy. So I just wanted to throw out there, Jimmy, to anyone listening, right now, Jimmy and I are fielding name, new names. If anyone has an idea, just email us at marketplace at brandstrategic.com. Email us. Your idea for a new name that is shorter than thebrandedmarketplace.com. And we'll check it out. Jimmy, you got any ideas? I um, BM.com just came through on the wire. Look wow. at that. Boom. Look at that. Already getting one. I'm, I'm, How about just dot com? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the BM.com might be taken. I don't know. But, uh, might be. So, Shatsy, I suppose if I said the branded hospitality, really good marketplace.com, <laughs> I'm going in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. Direction. Okay. I also, right. you know, I was on GoDaddy, by the way, just checking out URLs available. I've come to the conclusion that every word in the English language has been run through with a dot com. There is nothing that they haven't dot com. That's actually a word. That's what I've come have, to the conclusion. We have, we have to we have to make up a word. All right. Listen, I think it's a fun contest. If 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 somebody submits a name and we use the name, do they get anything? Yes, they get a free one year subscription to the marketplace. Wow. Three one-year subscription to the market, and I'm pretty sure Jimmy will give him a hat. Yes. By the way, what's it cost to be in the marketplace? Well, the marketplace is actually free, so I free. guess okay. to your right. point, Jimmy, okay. I guess you're really not getting much. But the hat, well, the hat's the a hat. nice hat. Jimmy's wearing the All hat right. right now. It's a gorgeous hat. That segment was uh, proudly sponsored by a combination of Chico's Bail Bonds and GoDaddy. Um, <laughs> when you need a bail bond, go to Chico's, and you want a domain. Go to GoDaddy. Um, thanks very much, GoDaddy. We appreciate it. Invoice is in the mail. All right. We are very excited for today's episode. Uh, our guest today is our friend and partner, Mr. K uh, Mr. Tim McLaughlin. Uh, he is the CEO of GoTab. This is an exciting company that Brand is thrilled to be partners with, and we love what he's doing. And I'll let Tim, we're going to ask you to take the lead. Give us a little background on yourself uh, and your elevator pitch on GoTab, and then we'll jump all over this podcast and have some fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jimmy and Michael. Um, Michael, wow, here. we are getting formula. Mr. Schatzberg to you, Tim. I don't know. I usually call you Shatsy. I feel like Michael. Oh, you like want the, the proper, podcast? You yeah, want to go a little okay. more serious? I yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. I, I, I mean, I don't think I got a hat, so I'm actually feeling like I should not really be in the club or something like that. <laughs> hat's, but, uh, hat's already on its way. Okay, good. Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Great to be part of the club, uh, for sure. It's been a great network. Uh, you guys have been hugely helpful. Um, and just a quick background on myself. Uh, I co-founded GoTab in 2016. Uh, we've taken many turns and twists, as hospitality has in the last five years, for those who know. Start in payments, ordering, and then 
we're a full uh, system now. Our, our real focus, uh, instead of being like most POSs, we are focused on making the guests have a better experience as well as the operators. So that's it. There's a lot to unpack there, but that's the simple version. No, that's that's great because we're going to dive into it real deep. Believe me, Jimmy's got a list of questions. And let me tell you, he's going deep in uh, really deep. Jimmy's granular. He's getting granular. But before <laughs> we get really deep and granular, let's just talk about how Tim, how Tim came to go. To, how, how is it that you went from a mechanical engineer to tech marketing to a, I mean, I met you, you were a brewery owner when we met you, to a brewery owner and now CEO of GoTab. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, maybe I get bored easily, but I have stayed at <laughs> things for a while. Uh, I did, so I'm actually a software developer since I was a kid. So I, I started doing that. I went to school for mechanical engineering. You're correct in that. First thing you developed as a mechanical engineer. Oh, as an engineer, um, it was actually factory design for like ceramic fiber compression for like high temperature. Very interesting. Uh, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Less, less, less in the uh, relevance here. Um, but yeah, software, the mechanical engineering, the, the hope was robotics. Uh, robotics, when I graduated, wasn't really that interesting. So I didn't end up doing that. Went back to software engineering. Ended up starting an agency when uh, Dot Bomb happened in 2000. And it started in 2002 with some other co-founders. Uh, and of course, you had to bootstrap all companies back then. Nobody, except for maybe Google, got funding in 2002. Uh, it was in the, you know, the heels of the last explosion. And as a result, um, we grew it up to a couple hundred people and sold it to a private equity firm in 2012. Um, so we did a lot of product design, a lot of uh, interface design. Our largest account when um, I sold it was Goldman Sachs. We did, if any of you happen to be a Goldman Sachs client, whenever you log in, you're using the interface that my agency designed. That's sweet. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of my background. And, 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 you brew, and wait, and are, are you still brewing your own beer over at Caboose? Uh, my wife actually, I gave that business to my wife uh, when I sold SiteWorks as the agency. I've always been passionate about food and beverage uh, for my whole life. I used to brew beer in college, and essentially, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, someone just came into the office, oh. and guess who we got? I got a load of caboose beer. I got, beer. Awesome. I got Bienvenidos Mexican Lager, Fog Hazy IPA. That's probably what I should be drinking. Midnight Boil Bourbon Barrel Aged Barley Wine Ale. Holy cow! Awesome. Look at I this. got a French oak yeah. barrel aged tart cuvee. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I said that great. There. This is I gotta, awesome. We gotta get you. We gotta get you introduced to Jason Sherman over Tap Room. There you go. Fog hazy Vienna. Oh, lager. I gotta tell you, this is gonna be a good podcast. We're Jimmy, take, it's gonna be a good night. We're gonna take a few a few seconds. I'm gonna shotgun um, one of these tall boys, and <laughs> uh, and I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is awesome. So yeah, we got some great. So kabo- so I guess that, so you're still brewing beer, I guess, over at Caboose. My wife. My wife does. She still uh, has a whole team. She has uh, five different. Uh, sciences in a brewery. So she has biologists and chemists and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and then they have two tap rooms as well. And, and we distribute beer into the Virginia and DC metro area. We'll have to have her on for an entire Caboose Brewing podcast. Let's not take sidetrack from GoTab because that's yep, what we got to sure. talk about. Sure. So yeah, um, open that. It did very well. Uh, that opened in 2015. And essentially, we couldn't get people in the door. We ran out of tables. I loved the first experience in hospitality, which is getting a bad review on Yelp because you can't get someone a table. That's always like a quintessential moment where you're like, wait, I got a one star for not being able to give you a table because we're full. 
So I don't know how that logic works, but that's how the world works. Um, we're we're going to connect you and your wife to uh, a friend of ours, Mr. Zach Oates at Ovation, uh, guest uh, feedback and engagement. Uh, and this section of the podcast is sponsored by Ovation, invoices in the mail. All right, Tim, I want to jump in here. Uh, part yep. of our secret sauce uh, and what I really believe makes branded a little bit different, if not maybe a little unique and, and daringly maybe unusual. We are operators um, you yep. know, from the start. Um, the lens we look at tech and innovation is through the mind and through the eyes of operators. And we love our own. It's a scary mind, by the way, Jimmy. <laughs> the, the mind of Jimmy Frischling <laughs> and Michael Schatzberg. Um, and we love that we we come with and continue to maintain, um, you know, uh, we, we own and operate stores and we have our boots on the ground experience. Um, transitioning to the investment part of our business, we have found the most successful tech companies that we've been working with are those that are built. Um, by operators, um, people who grew up in this industry or at least committed uh, some time and, and, and effort to it. Um, we know, as you just talked about, you started your, uh, your brewery as a passion project, yep. uh, but can you share how your experience as an operator yep. led to the development of GoTab? Yeah. Um, well, essentially GoTab, humorously in 2016, I don't know if you've heard of this app out there, it's out of France called Sunday, uh, has way too much money. But yes, yes. Humorously, they just raised $10 trillion, I think. Yeah, something like that. But uh, essentially, they do now, and raised a, a gajillion dollars, doing what we did in 2016, meaning you can pay your tab. That was all you could do. That's all you can do a Sunday, too. Uh, but in 2016, we were doing that. You could enter a code. In 2017, you could do it with the QR code. And our whole goal was to turn tables faster, as many, many hospitality tech companies want to do, is you know, get guests in, get them out, take their money as fast as you can. Um, turns out we couldn't really get enough traction with that. Uh, and that's what we've seen overall is it just doesn't solve enough problems. And so we ended up growing. Um, we ended up, I ended up opening a second brewery. So my first brewery is full service. Second brewery is counter service and much bigger, three floors, three floors tall, two separate patios, huge space. Um, and essentially we had to figure out how to service such a huge space. It was about 6,000 outdoors feet, square feet, and then another six or 8,000 indoors square feet of uh, dining area. So GoTab then added ordering, and then we just kept expanding and expanding because we found that there were gaps and more gaps uh, in the- Sounds operation. like a perfect fit, man. You're a software engineer and a brewer. And it, it just sounds like the perfect, it fits together, right? It's That's how we got there, yeah. I mean, we also, so just for the record, we sell about 50% of our revenue is food. So we actually do a lot of food. Uh, the first restaurant is a, a very nice uh, farm to table restaurant. Um, so I do have some experience with full service. I won't say we're high end, uh, right. but we do try to have high quality experience and high you know, I'm sure. service. Well, sticking with, sticking with this whole uh, kind of subject and topic we've got here, yep. let's talk a little about QR codes. Yep. Because QR codes have been around since like 1994 or something like that, yes, right? So have. they're not new. Yep. Nope. But then I guess this pandemic hits and everyone starts embracing QR codes like they've never seen them before. But when they were around, no one even knew what they were. No one seemed to care. So QR codes, I mean, everyone seems to have been embracing them right now. And a lot of operators and, and customers, they look at it. It's, it's a labor saver in a lot of ways because you can scan a code and maybe I can just order and, and, and what I want without even having to, you know, to do anything with a, with a server, which is great. So it's really done wonders for the front of the house on the operational side for, for restaurant operators. But the back of the house... Uh, are there way other ways that that GoTab is working to alleviate current labor pains other than just the obvious QR code order, and that helps me reduce my kind of the the server kind of element of labor? 
Yeah, so a QR code, in, the way GoTab thinks about it is really a point in space, right? So a QR code is unique all throughout your restaurant. It could even be in a hotel next door, but that lets us know where you're standing or where you're sitting or maybe laying, I don't know. But the point is that we know where you are, which means we know what menus you can access, who you are, what's available at that time, how long it's gonna to take to get it to you. Um, and as a result, we can then start optimizing a lot of things in the kitchen. We can optimize delivery. We can say, hey, Jimmy and Shatsy are sitting at the same table, even though they ordered at separate phones. Let's make sure we take their food out at the same time so they can cheers. And then we can also save on running costs. So there's a whole bunch of things like that that have to do with efficiency in back of house. We also support two-way messaging into the kitchen, which nobody else does. But here's a really simple example of Jimmy gets a burger and it doesn't have cheese on it, or maybe it should have, does, it does have cheese and he doesn't want yeah, it. Jimmy's definitely getting cheese on his burger. Okay, okay. don't take the cheese off Jimmy's <laughs> okay, burger. Okay, so, so Jimmy gets a burger without cheese and he's like, where's the cheese? He could actually just text message directly into the kitchen, not have to flag a server. And they could text message back and say, hey, we're sending one out with cheese on it. No, no running, finding a runner. And guess what? With everybody short staffed, that's a big problem. Same thing translates to curbside or takeout delivery. I, I want to stay on that theme, and and yep. and I appreciate all that. Look, um, I love it when we're able to quote our guests, and and there's a line you say, which just for avoidance of doubt, um, I'm probably going to steal. Um, I'll use it in the future, um, and I'll decide whether I give attribution or not. Um, but you <laughs> like to say, you tell people uh, to think of the kitchen like a factory. Yes. Think of the kitchen like a factory. Before all the chefs. Uh, tuned in, uh, you know, tuned in, uh, stop listening. Before all the chefs tuned in, stop listening. Can you share what you mean by this? Yeah, absolutely. Kitchen, factory, so, what do you got so here? So just to be clear, there's different types of factory. Like Ferrari makes their cars in a factory by hand. So it doesn't mean that everything's robotic, right? But what it does mean is that you optimize it for production. And optimizing may be speed and efficiency. It also may be optimized for quality, Right. But what you do need to do is have a process instead of everything being verbal and ad hoc every time. Um, so the, the, one of the things, for example, we just posted something on social media, which is nobody in the right mind these days would run a factory on paper. And that's effectively what you see all the time when a chef's like, no, I want chits, I want paper. I'm like, paper is terrible for so many reasons. Like I can't adjust paper. I can't communicate with a guest with paper. Um, I can't you know, deal with changes or comps or voids. I have to get another chit and match it up. I can't consolidate orders and figure out the logistics because this GoTab KDS does that for them. So th it just eliminates a lot of work and lets the software do what it does so that the chefs or the cooks can focus on making great food and making that experience. But ultimately, my goal is, yeah, it is a factory. You should optimize it. You should think about efficiency. And chefs do that but there's a lot of things that you're not always wanting to change. Tim, that is awesome. Um, I want to stay stay on this theme of what I'm hearing. Let's talk about people, okay? People are great. They're freaking awesome. I don't awesome. like people, Jim. You never people. have. Never <laughs> like, like people. You're a people person, Shatsy. I'm a people person. But to err is human. And employees will sometimes, occasionally, almost never, uh, more than more than like we fail and forget. Um, so we joked a few weeks ago uh, with our friend and partner, Evan, from uh, AGOT on the Hangout about what happens in the house uh, when you bring home a delivery and someone's order is wrong, they're missing a fork, you know, what's going on there? Let me tell you something, spoiler alert, it ain't good, they're not happy. If you get the soy sauce in that sushi order, you're dead to me. So when you bring you, in you technology- leave, You leave that, that orangey dressing 
on the oh, sushi, Jillian. Honestly, too. it's 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 grounds for divorce. <laughs> there you go. I believe it. So when you bring in technology into the ordering process and guests can order food on their phone or computer, they're taking care of themselves. They can't blame the restaurant for their own mistake, can they? Do they? What, what are your no. thoughts on this? Well, first off, the guests don't blame the restaurant. We have almost no sendbacks in most of our operations where they're QR driven. So the funny thing is that if you've owned a restaurant, you can actually watch it happen. I've seen it happen where the guest asks for a hamburger and the server writes down hamburger and then they bring it out and the guest says, no, I ordered a cheeseburger. And you're like, well, no, you didn't. I stood here and watched you say hamburger. But the guest, you're not going to tell the guest, no, you didn't order a cheeseburger. You said hamburger. Uh, so you end up competent and you bring out the, the substitution, right? Um, that doesn't happen when they order it on their phone because they're not going to yell at their phone and say, no, I said cheeseburger. They're going to be like, <laughs> I'll oh. definitely yell at my phone, by the way. Oh, it, I well, will yell. Shatsy will yell at his phone. Most people will be like, <laughs> oh, well, that was dumb of me. And then they'll <laughs> order the correct thing. But they're not going to blame it on the restaurant, right? So, right. yeah, granted, there's going to be server mistakes, but there's also communication mistakes that are oftentimes just the guest didn't say it. Oh, I thought I ordered fries. Well, you didn't order fries. So now I don't have to give them to you for free because they're not, you didn't order them. They're not on your phone. Um, but there's a whole bunch of things like this. What I'm hearing here is the black eye for all you restaurant uh, operators out there. This is an opportunity to get rid of your black eye. We're shifting it. Yeah, the, the tides are shifting. I like You're it. like, look, you never push send. What do you want from me? I ordered a burger an hour ago. Sir, you never push send. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the yeah. time. And the fact is that they will still get angry at you sometimes and say like, well, it's your fault. And you're, you're looking at it going, well, yeah. no. It's your you stupid app. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the reality is that, yeah, that, that will happen. I would say, though, that the same theme applies with it, right? Whether it's in the kitchen or servers. Here's, here's an example I love, which is how many times have you gotten up from a split check and said, damn, that server did a great job splitting my check? Like never. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, never, never once, no. right? So what can you do with splitting a check? You can only screw it up. That's all you can do. And guess what? Yes. It takes a, a shit ton of time. Sorry, I'm not allowed to say it that way. No, you can say that. You can say that. We, we're not FCC regulated, I don't believe. Okay, got it. So it takes a lot of time to split a check, but it is a thankless job. And all you can do is screw it up. So why don't you move your staff to greetings, menu description, selling the drinks, whatever it may be, right. and get rid of all the mechanical stuff because software and computers do mechanical stuff way better. Um, so that's always our philosophy on all these things is like, Move the mechanics out. Let the people shine at what people do, which is fill gaps. It's great stories. stuff. It's great stuff. I love it. Listen, before we move on, because we do have a lot to cover, you're doing a lot over at GoTab. I mean, they're really, you got a suite of services. There's nothing you're not doing to help operators uh, reduce cost, increase sales, becoming more efficient, communication, ordering, paying. I mean, GoTab, you're doing it all. That being said, what's next? What's next for GoTab? Sure. Can you tell us? I need breaking news right now. I have to have something. Yes, you're not satisfied. You're no, I need something big. Too. You know, we need something big. More. Well, we need more. So we have a philosophy at GoTab, which is payments should disappear. Which is funny because is that breaking news, Tim? No, 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 no. But the oh, breaking is, news, okay. the breaking news is we do have a new way where where basically tabs disappear altogether. So you don't do anything. You walk in, you open your tab at the host stand, or you. Does that mean we don't have to pay for food or drink when we go to restaurants? Most most GoTab guests don't pay at all. They just walk out, and then the payment happens automatically. So oh, thirty. We are paying. You are paying, but thirty oh, to forty percent okay. of the time, it's just happening off its own course. I thought it was just free food and free food and drink. 
You should. You can try that. No, that, yeah, that, that, we, that's, it, that business model would be too akin to. That's our, called Dine and Dash, I think, Jimmy. That's a different yeah, it's also called. It's also called the Hospitality Marketplace. That's Doesn't, a different. Uh, uh, that's a different app. The Dine and Dash app. Yeah, Dine and Dash app and the, the free marketplace. It's a different model. Tim's okay. not into that model. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, sorry, uh, hard to sustain. No worries. Um, yeah. So then we are actually getting pulled a lot into QSR. Uh, so we are adding a bunch of things. It's funny. I rag on kiosks and tabletop tablets all the time. Uh, because I think they're incredibly stupid in FSR, but I think they're incredibly effective in a QSR slash stadium slash large venue environment. So we are rolling out kiosks, uh, like an absurdly fast new QSR model. You, you've probably never seen it where you have, it's funny, if you go up to Square or you go up to Toast and you got one payment card reader, have you ever looked and studied, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to like timing on QSR, but if you look at how much time is spent in ordering and paying, People will spend 20 or 30 seconds flipping through the freaking credit card and tapping stuff on their phone to pay with Apple yeah. Pay, right? Yes, so yes. 30 seconds of the time is waiting on a guest to pay, right? Not doing anything. Yes. It's the server just standing there. Yes. Well, we're basically splitting the two. So you just have two payment terminals running and you take an order and say, hey, pay there, next person. So your server is not waiting on a guest, which seems small, but in the QSR world, I don't know why no, this doesn't so exist. True, but but you bring up like the stadiums. I mean, even the stadiums, just when you go to get a beer, like oh, it's stupid. the standing there yeah. with the whole payment, it's your stuff is your pretzel, your beer, your bite, it's all there. And you're just standing there and everyone's, everyone's just standing. Yeah. Looking and waiting for that process. <laughs> right. I stood at Whole Foods the other day for almost two minutes while this guy putzed around with his wallet and credit cards and couldn't figure out whatever on the payment terminal. I'm sitting here going, and of course, whole food lines have gotten absurd too. So that's a whole nother. Tim's, get, Tim's getting angry. Yeah, yeah. don't get angry. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Tim doesn't like about whole foods. <laughs> I always get behind the person that wants to wants to pay with cash and do the exact change. So I'm sitting there when they're trying to get to 69 cents. And I'm like, you're killing me, Whitey. You're killing me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. I want to jump into uh, our talking back. Um, you know, Shatsy and I, we launched this podcast uh, because we enjoy bringing on guests, talking to people, you know, and and having some fun, you know, getting, you know, insights and whatnot from them. But along the way, we learn sometimes our guests want to ask us a question or two. So we, we kick into now talking back. We offer our guests the chance to ask us any questions. So, Tim, nothing's off the table. The microphone is yours. Oh, boy. So I guess my question to you is what prompted you guys to start Branded strategic hospitality. So, I mean, how how did you get here? I've I've actually never heard the story. Oh. It is a great story. Uh, do, how much time do we have on this podcast? Yeah, well, oh, we actually, have. well, hold on. I, has that question been asked before? I don't think it's been asked before, but I'm going to have to take us back to '67. It was February. <laughs> it was cold. It was snowing. Uh, my mom felt some stomach kicking, and <laughs> it was me. It was me. So you're losing uh, us. That was you're February first, '67. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how much further? <laughs> yeah, why don't no, we, why we, why Jimmy, we move it Jimmy, on? Jimmy, you, you, you start us off because it's a great. It happens to be a great story, by the way. Uh, no, I look. I love the question um, because Shatsy and I and the entire branded team is very passionate about this. First and foremost, um, the the founders have known each other for decades. Uh, I met our partner Dean Palin in the eighth grade uh, when I was visiting a school I was going to be uh, uh, going to for high school. Right, Ten years uh, ago, right, Jimmy? Uh, 
That's yeah, ten years ago. <laughs> uh, uh, Dean and Shatsy went to college together, um, and then the three of us, um, you know, through the community of property, uh, Dean and I were friends. Shatsy and Dean were friends, so Shatsy and I became friends. But in terms of uh, just bringing it to branded, uh, first there was there was and is a restaurant company, and we owned and and launched and operated Hello, Jimmy, and we still uh, continue to own and operate uh, stores. Shatsy's the managing partner uh, of our restaurant business. Dean um, was a real estate person, leveraging his buildings and prowess in that space, and I. I was a you know a Wall Street guy, uh, putting capital to work and helping on the financial side. Um, and under Shatsy's leadership, he was a an avid um, you know friend to entrepreneurs from the perspective of testing, trying, bringing in best in class tech to help improve margins for our stores. Testing things 20 years ago called this novel idea online reservations like Open Table or the idea that you would outsource your own delivery people and you'd go with a company like Relay or you could deliver food all over the world from the best best in class like a gold belly. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Seamless Web was a, um, a uh, an accounting solution for investment banks and law firms and bringing order to the chaos that was evening and weekend meals. So all of this started from a restaurant tourist perspective of I should be using best in class tech. And right. along the way, there was a sense that when people talk about early stage investing, there's always product market fit. But if you don't live in this industry, how could you really understand the fit? And I think that's, that's where we sure. launched an investment business with the idea that a lot of very good companies or very good people were trying to bring tech to the industry, but they weren't relying on subject matter experts. And I think that's what uh, what Shatz and I saw that we could create as an early stage investor and advisor or accelerator to work with companies, vet them and help them not just fit into this market, but then help um, accelerate them by bringing our network to the table. So I'm sure that's a longer answer than Tim, no, you or any of our listeners wanted. No, not that long. We could go on. I, I would just add, I would just add, and we were just the, the the real genesis. The real genesis was, I mean, Jimmy gave you the 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 overview, but the real genesis was kind of fun though, because we were renovating a store on the Upper East Side, and we were looking for something new and creative and innovative. To Shock just, and awe, yeah, to yeah. differentiate this store from something else. And labor had had just become. I think they just uh, the governor at the time they just announced a new wage increase here in New York over the next couple of years. This is going back quite a few years ago. Yep. And we said, hey, how can we differentiate? And it was going to be like a sports bar kind of place. And I'd been seeing in some of the trade magazines um, that they were doing the self-pouring beer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. You know, I talked to Jimmy and Dean. I'm like, wow, that's be really cool. You know, as we redesign this restaurant, wouldn't it be cool if we had this, that you could pour your own beer yep. watching a football game, just get it and pour your own beer. We never saw that, but that was really cool. And uh, I interviewed a couple of, you know, met with a couple of guys who did this, found one we liked. We put it in, built the store. We had the 20 of these these self-pouring taps, Pour My Beer was the company out of Chicago. Yep. And um, and really, we loved it. And I, you know, and Dean and Jimmy were like, wow, this is unbelievable. And we kind of said, hey, Josh, are you looking for investors? And and he said yes. And that was really uh, the kind of the the aha moment about being like, well, wait a minute. You know, here's something we like. We see that it's really doing what it's supposed to do. We should not just be a good customer. We should actually be investing in this company. And that was really the aha moment. And then And then it went from there. But anyway, it. listen, it's a great question. We can go on and on and on. But this this podcast is really about you and GoTab. We'll have a cool. podcast with about Jimmy and me another time. So let's just get back to listen. We talk about technology and hospitality always being 
a little bit behind, always being a lot behind. We joke about it all the time. We say that coal mining is actually, you know, more technologically advanced than hospitality. But sometimes we start thinking, well, is hospitality as far behind as we really think? Are we just making fun of ourselves? Are we really that far behind? Maybe not. So we came up with which came first. Are you ready, Tim? I'm ready. All right. Which came first? Online Pizza Hut delivery order or the first online Amazon order? Pizza Hut, Amazon. What came first? Um, I'm a book gonna, or I'm a gonna, pizza? I'm going to go with Pizza Hut. I got to tell you, you would be right there. Pizza yeah. Hut, the first online food order ever was from Pizza Hut in 1994. Pizza Hut launched Pizza Net, allowing yeah. people who lived in Santa Cruz to order online. Pizza Hut Net actually became one of the first websites on the internet, meaning pizza is probably the first the first thing that was bought and sold online was a pizza. You know, I mean, that's unbelievable. Now, if you look at the first purchase on Amazon, that was made in April of 1995, a year later, when John Wainwright, one of Jimmy's buddies, purchased the <laughs> book Hofstadler's Fluid Concepts. Tim, you probably read that. I've I have no it. idea yeah, what that great. is. It's you probably book. read it for sure. Yeah. Fun fact. There is a building on Amazon's corporate campus called Wainwright Building in honor of their first customer. So there you have it. Restaurants, hospitality, we're not far behind. We're actually more advanced. We're cooler than Amazon, man. I love that. Hey, Shatsy, by the way, uh, you forgot to ask me the question. Oh, oh, damn it. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, what came first, Pizza Hut or Amazon? Actually, there's no question Pizza Hut came before Amazon about a year in advance of that. I, I mean, come on, Chatsy. Everyone knows <laughs> what that. What year? What year, Jimmy? What year do you think? Between 94 and 95. Jimmy, that's why I didn't ask you. I knew yeah. that you would know that. I yeah. knew you would know the answer. Well, I knew the answer. I knew the answer. You live in I knew the answer after Tim gave it and you gave all the details. I knew the answer. But okay, thanks. Nice job, Jimmy. I, I've never been wrong on this on, on this game. Uh, thanks, Play. Yeah, I always amazing. answer after Chatsy does. Listen, we're going to our crystal ball moment, a chance for our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. Uh, Tim, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? I, can I tell you one quick anecdote about that question? So that Pizza Hut question. Sure. Okay. So here's funny old guy news about me. I went to college with the guy who wrote the first secure web server who sold it to Red Hat in 1994, 93, something like that. So undoubtedly that pizza website, which I've actually seen, which is why I knew that. Um, it's pretty funny if you've ever <laughs> seen the, the original uh, imagery. Um, he actually probably wrote the web server that processed the credit card for that. Pizza has got to put a building uh, on their campus after your friend. That that would be fair. Amazon did His it. His name's Samir, Samir Parekh. He's an interesting cat. Come on, Pizza sure. Samir, yeah. Samir what? Samir? Samir Parekh. Parekh, let's yeah, go. He, he, Next he's kinda, guest on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's not in hospitality always in payments. I don't care, yeah. man. That guy, that's, that's it. We got to get that guy on immediately. Um, anyway, so going back to your question, Jimmy, uh, I do the thing I think that's going to happen, and we've been guessing this for a while. GoTab was really built on the premise that, to be honest, there's more people than there need to be working in hospitality because we're not being smart about using skill. Um, and I think that there needs, there will be less people working in hospitality, which is what I thought before this happened. But I think the ones who do work in hospitality will be you know, paid well and professionals of what they do. So I think we're going to see more expertise, much like we do going back to factories, much like you do if you work in a factory now, 
you're very skilled labor. You're not just someone who they picked up off the street and walked in and said, okay, make this widget. You're someone who knows what they're doing. You're a specialist. You're, you're recruited for those skills. I think we're going to see the same thing in hospitality. They're going to be people who are savvy. They are, know what they're doing. They're paid well for it. Uh, but there will be fewer people working in it. Chad, that's what I add. Yeah. Not Shad, a bad thing. No, no, it's, no, it's interesting because I was just thinking like a lot of places outside of this country, like in Europe, a lot of the restaurants, the, the, the staff, the front of house staff, I mean, they are really professionals at that. They are not uh, students and actors and dancers. They are professional waiters and that is their job. And like you said, they, you know, it's, it's a not tip thing. They're paid well to, to do that. Um, yeah. So, so I agree. It's interesting. Shachi, I was only going to add that if you asked me that same question, I uh, was just asked of Tim. I would yeah. say ditto. And I just want to. Oh, I, so you're going to say pizza, nope, 1994. Nope. Ditto. Ditto. Right. I'd go with ditto, and I would be yeah. right because I think I completely agree with what Tim uh, just uh, put forward. And I'm actually really excited uh, not just to see the human capital that it's to some extent going to exit the industry or, or, or be somewhat made redundant, but the opportunities that will be created in the industry, which mm -hmm. I think is going to be just fascinating as we see um, a, a more professional or um, I think a real vertical. It's the single largest um, job, um, I, I guess, uh, 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 segment of the job market in the country. So it is, yes. it is going to be transformed. It's going to be great. All right. I think we're done with the podcast, Shaz. I guess we can just move on and wrap it up. Right? You know, I, Jimmy, I, I know I owe you one because I didn't ask you the question on the what came first. But you know we got to go quick fire. Oh, that's right. So oh, yeah. we got to go branded quick fire. If we didn't do branded quick fire, I don't even want to know the feedback, oh, the negative feedback the that we would get, the, the, the hate mail hate that man. we would get. It would be horrible. So, uh, Tim, branded quick fire, five lightning round questions. First thing that comes to your mind, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, this is a very apropos question since we were talking about pizza in 1994. Favorite pizza topping? I'm old school. It's pepperoni. Boom. Can't, can't replace Where it. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Pizza Hut. I, I, you know, I'm going to be boring. In, uh, honor, in honor of Rev, I'm going to make burgers at home. Nice. So. Rev gets yeah. a shout out. Dad. You buy the patties, you get the meat and make your own patties, just um, flop it down. Oh, no. why, why would you buy patties? And I mean, that's not right. Shouldn't do that. What's your favorite food city in the world? Uh, you know, I would have said in the U.S. it would have been San Francisco. It is no longer. Uh, and I even would have put New York up there. I would actually say, you know, I'm not even sure because I've been locked in a dungeon for two years these days. But uh I'd say outside the U.S., there's some amazing cities like Mexico City is pretty, pretty incredible. Mexico City uh, is a great food city. Highly underrated. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Favorite place to travel now that you, we got to get you out of that dungeon and out on a plane and out and about. Um, I love the mountains. You can put me in any mountains anywhere and I'm happy. All right, we will push you out of a plane onto a mountain. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Violent. <laughs> well, we got to get onto a plane. So <laughs> hey, if you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of Boggle, who would you have better odds of beating? Boggle, uh, the crazy board go, game. I think I'm going to beat you rather than Jimmy. Of course you would beat me rather than Jimmy. <laughs> I yeah. think you know you would beat me rather than Jimmy. My vocabulary is four letters, and that's pretty much 
hit. You add an S, yeah, I go to five-letter words. I, it's because I make them plural. <laughs> but it's an energetic four letters. Yes. That's the important part. It, it, yes. it is. Yeah. It is. And uh, like you know, and again, ing, I can add that and you know make them seven. But again, they're all the same four-letter words. Yeah, see, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, Seth, well, you 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 talk good. You good good. I do. Yeah. I, I talk. You talk well. good. Good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, one one uh, funny. Sorry, uh, not them allowed to get into politics, but uh, you know we have we have presidents who achieved that with like three letter words. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's not really a limitation. Uh, um, but it would the robot oh, boggle the robot. I feel like you know I, I don't do terrible on Scrabble though. But that's also I, I play with that. But I play with the, I keep the dictionary on me. Yeah, I was gonna say you have the, the, the phone. You type it in. No, I literally have yeah. the dictionary in my hand when I play Jillian, and she's like, "You're cheating." I'm like. I'm not cheating. I'm just looking. I want to make sure I spell the word right. I mean, that's not cheating. I actually think that would be exactly cheating, but okay. We'll talk to Jillian about <laughs> well, that. Jimmy, I don't want to spell the word wrong. That would be horrible. Uh, you know what? Yeah. You make a good point, and we'll leave it to the inventor. And who knows what to do with those X's and those Z's? They're so hard. Who can make a word with those? Why don't you take a moment and think about that one? Listen, while Shatsy's thinking about uh, whether or not he is or is not violating the rules of Scrabble, I will take a moment to thank Tim for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Uh, we appreciate you, and we very much appreciate you sharing uh, some fantastic insights uh, with our listeners. Um, you guys are doing important things for the industry, um, and we th we're thrilled to be your partners and, and be on this journey with you. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with Tim directly, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the introduction uh, hey, for Jimmy, you. Hey, before you go, can I just ask Tim, Tim, if people want to check out GoTab, what's the URL to go check Check it out. Uh, if they're an operator, just go to gotab.io slash en for English, or you can go to the bottom and it'll say for you know for operators. Gotab.io. Gotab.io. Go check it out, everybody. Because let me tell you, Tim and the Gotab team are doing some cool stuff. Jimmy, yeah, can we back use that, to you? Can we use that name for our marketplace? Just just ask Tim to lend it to us, gotab.io. No, I can't do that. Go right. to .com. Yeah. Go to .com. All right. To our listeners, we always want to uh, express our gratitude and appreciation for you taking the time to listen, uh, listen in with us. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and our numbers continue to climb, which we a, appreciate, and I think we're always surprised. But okay, we love it. Let's keep going. Um, so we want you to make sure you're hanging out with us. And next week, we're going to welcome a very good friend and a partner with the branded team, Alonzo Constaneda from the Savory Restaurant. Restaurant fund. Uh, the Savory Group is crushing it, uh, opening stores and new brands. And Alonzo's a key part of their team doing that opening. I think they're opening up more stores than fat brands, Jimmy. I mean, I cannot believe it. it's every day. It's another brand they're opening up. God bless them. Right? Can't wait to have Alonzo on. We'll have a good time with him. Hey, and before finally, you go, Jimmy, oh, Tim yes. just uh, alerted me to a, uh, a great offer that he's uh, extended just to our listeners today that the first 100 callers will get a case of Caboose Brewing sent directly <laughs> to their house of either the Bienvenidos or the Foggy uh, Haze I, uh, Fog Hazy IPA. So jump on, uh, text us, email us, and get that case of Caboose Brewing right to your house. 100 listeners, get on the horn. Come on now. Yes. Thank you, Tim. That's a great offer. And to be fair that. to Tim Absolutely. and his yeah, to be fair to Tim and his wife, uh, Tim, your wife can also uh, build Chatsy's personal credit card for the first hundred <laughs> orders that come through. Well, it's also calling you. There you go. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of our exciting guests uh, we have coming up in the future. Better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So this is Jimmy Frischling with appreciation to Tim, signing off and passing it back to my boy Chatsy. 
Yo, thanks, Jimmy, and thanks to everybody. This is great. Uh, AKA Restaurant Guy, Shatsy, signing off from the Hospitality Hangout. Thank you, Tim. Love what you're doing over there. Thank you both. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.